Welcome everyone to the Building Bilingual Families podcast, where we help families learn a second language and use it at home, in their communities, and abroad. I'm here today with Elizabeth Alvarado, who is an amazing blogger with a ton of resources to help families learn Spanish together. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you because you may not know this, but you came into my life at the start of my Spanish learning journey. Um, Your amazing blog, Spanish Mama, is one that I checked out early on to find some great resources because the first time that I tried learning Spanish, I was all on my own. Like the interwebs and everything that we have today did not exist 15 years ago. So thank you for being a trailblazer and having so many (laughs) great resources. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. That's fun to hear. Yeah, well, I would love to just find out a little bit more about you. Um, Where do you live now? Where are you from? And why are you learning Spanish with your kids? (laughs) Yeah, Um, so I am from North Carolina, very close to you. Yes, we realized that we lived (laughs) in the same close place before. (laughs) So I grew up in North Carolina. Um, nobody in my family speaks Spanish that wasn't like, wasn't part of my childhood, really. Um, I was always interested in other countries and we were encouraged to learn about other places. Um, and as a teen, I traveled to Mexico once or twice. Uh, but my best friend had studied languages. And so she also was kind of a a bridge to help me get interested in Spanish. But I never dreamed that I would be here living where I am. I live in the jungle region of Peru with my Peruvian husband and our three kids. (laughs) I love Peruvian food, but Peruvian husbands sound great too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a good way to learn Spanish too. (laughs) There has to be an interesting story that comes along with this then. How did you meet him? How did you plant yourself in Peru. I'd love to hear more. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because that's that's part of what I blog about. And a lot of my followers are in the same situation. So I think there are a lot of us that did the same thing I did. We studied in college. Um, I didn't actually, I wasn't fluent. I didn't really speak Spanish when I went to Peru. But I just decided with my friend to go travel to Peru and teach English after we graduated college. And I think a lot of people have that same story, like more and more. Um, So I went without speaking Spanish, without many plans. And my four or five month plan turned into a year. And then I came back to teach English for another year and learn Spanish and and met my husband. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I love that. So you were in your early 20 somethings, Mm -hmm. your friend dragged you down to Peru. You didn't speak a lot of the language. You know, what was that experience like? Many people look at someone like you, who's now fluent in the language, raising your kids bilingual. They may not realize that you've been in that hard spot at the start that they might be at. Yeah. And I, I had thought about studying Spanish in college. And then I had a teacher that was just super intense and she just like I was honestly just scared um like you know I just thought I'm I just don't feel good about this and I don't think I'm good at Spanish so that's just not in the books for me but I'll go to Peru and maybe I'll learn enough that I can you know carry on like a small conversation that I can help a little bit in the school that I'm teaching in um 
And then the other piece of the puzzle was that my best friend that I went with was fluent in Spanish. She had majored in Spanish and just really gifted with the languages. So being next to her, I think I was even more hesitant to try because I thought, I'll just let her translate for me. <laughs> why would why would I sit here and struggle through it when I have someone that can do it for me? Um, so after she left, after a few months, um, and then I stayed on and she left, um, and I was kind of like sink or swim, that's when I realized that all that I had really absorbed and could speak. And of course, when you have to use it to just get through your day, it's a whole nother experience. I love that. You had like this security blanket of your friend (laughs) and then eventually you had to separate and what it gave you. And, um, I think that's just amazing because you're now a mother of two, three kids, kids. three children. And in some ways I think we are their security blanket with Spanish Mm -hmm. from the start. We are that person who's giving them all this input in those moments where they're with native speakers and they may not feel Mm -hmm. confident to speak we may be translating for them, but eventually what happens is they don't have us and it's amazing how they take flight, right? Yeah. And oh, I actually remember, awesome. I remember a specific moment that we had some visitors from the U.S. come and it was the first time that you know, I was the best Spanish speaker in the room. Like it wasn't, I wasn't a great speaker, but I spoke the most and I had to translate between these visitors and the Peruvians um, that were local and that just boost of confidence like makes you realize that all you really do know um, and especially when you're not comparing yourself because so much of language I think is a confidence thing too. Absolutely absolutely it's one way in which kids actually have the upper hand to us mm-hmm. right like they've been making mistakes through their whole childhood they're used to making mistakes mm-hmm. and so to say something incorrectly isn't a big deal to them, but for adults, um, we've built up the spear, these right. like walls. And sometimes like you, we may have even had a bad experience in a high school Spanish class or, or a situation that made us think, I'm just not cut out for mm-hmm. languages, right? Yeah. So, wow. What if you could be speaking Spanish with your kids every day? What if it became a natural way of life rather than another chore to ditch? Well, I have the perfect tool for you to make it happen. It's the Speak Spanish Everyday Guide, and it helps parents from beginners to native speakers infuse more of the language into their homes, creating an immersive environment where you improve your vocabulary right alongside your kids. In the Speak Spanish Everyday Guide, I reveal some of my secret ingredients to keep language learning super fun and motivating. We give you hacks to help your kids start speaking back more in their second tongue, and the guide is 100% free. Along with it, I give you four videos that will show you how to put the steps right into action. Get access to the guide in the link in the show notes or check it out at learnwithmelanguages.com. Well, okay, so obviously you got to know the language enough to get to know your marvelous husband. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What made you decide to start this life together in Peru? Um, So actually, he kind of got he had a crazy experience because um, the way the visa worked out was that he had to get the fiance visa to go to the U.S. So that meant at that point, our whole relationship was in Spanish. So he flew to the U.S. on a fiance visa, had 90 days for us to get married. So he just arrived to like my parents' house and I was working at the time. So he was like, 
hanging out with my mom for the couple weeks before our wedding. Yeah. Um, and not speaking a lot of English, right? right? No, he didn't speak English, but he learned really fast. I think he learned faster than I learned Spanish because he's, he's just really outgoing and is not afraid of things. He's just a go-getter. He's probably kind of motivated. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, I sure. need to be able to talk to my mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But that's how, that's how, so our first few years, really the first eight years that we were married, we lived in the U.S. Okay. Um, and kind of pictured that's where we would be. Yeah. So why the leap to Peru? And does it have anything to do with you wanting to give your kids the second language? We, so I am a teacher. I studied elementary ed. Um, although I've taught, I've taught English, I've taught English in Peru, came back and taught elementary, elementary grades. And then I was a Spanish teacher, um, really from like pre-K to high school. I've just kind of done a little bit of everything. Um, and then I started my blog, Spanish Mama. And, oh man, how many years ago was that? Um, my son's almost nine, seven years ago about seven years ago. Um, so once it started to take off, um, I had the flexibility to either keep teaching or kind of move towards blogging. And that, of course, we can live anywhere with that, which is really convenient. So we thought, well, let's just move to Peru just for a year or two, just for a year or two. Our kids can, you know, really get to know their cousins and their aunts and their grandmas. and. Um, they can experience the culture, beef up their Spanish, and then we'll come back. And here we are four years later. We built a house here and <laughs> have kind of made our life here. Um, but it definitely, definitely our kids, obviously we really miss our family there. Um, but the chance for them to be just immersed in Spanish is really a gift. Absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of families are finding that, you know, after COVID, so many positions right. and work can allow you to relocate. Maybe it's for a few months, maybe for a year or two, maybe like you, they fall in love with it and, you know, decide to settle there. Um, you know, tell me, I'd love to hear about your experience as a non-native Spanish speaker mm. living in a Spanish speaking, speaking country, the challenges that you've experienced what bilingualism in your family looks like, I think that would be fascinating. Yeah. Um, so we live in a small town. So I think that that has made my experience, as opposed to like a lot of um, people from the U.S. who live in Peru, live in Lima or a bigger city. So I think that the slower pace here, there's a little more, I think people just tend to be kind of patient and kind, you know, it's kind of like a small town atmosphere, um, has really helped me. I am somewhat of an introvert, kind of, <laughs> and so I do think, I, I think it makes you tired. Like I, you know, you're just this extra layer of energy and the small talk, and then you're always, of course, coming across words that technical words or some herb or food that I didn't know about when I go to the market. Um, and so I do, I do feel like I lean on my husband a lot. Uh, just for managing, like going to the bank, insurance, um, buying things, I tend to just get stressed out. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. But I, I do think we have to recognize, and this is for our kids too, if your kids are learning, just to recognize like your brain is doing extra work on top. Even if you're fairly fluent, um, 
I feel like hanging out with friends and talking with friends is fine. But when it comes to making phone calls, doing kind of like transaction things, um, that can be tiring. Oh, oh, absolutely, my friend. <laughs> I, I very much feel you because the way that I learned Spanish was by teaching my kids alongside me, but also mm. connecting with my amigas here, my native Spanish speaking friends. And it's a whole nother story to converse back and forth with them than to have to do emails and videos and things for yeah. my program that we run learn with me languages, um, that you need that different type of, um, level of professionalism, I guess, uh -huh. or vocabulary. <laughs> and so I'm so glad that you just shared that even as someone who's lived in another country speaks well, there's moments of challenge and mm -hmm. that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. it's a part of the growth process. So if someone's feeling challenged earlier on, <laughs> it's, yeah. school's never out for the pros, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that there's just always another layer of your, out of your context and that can bring a lot of growth. Um, but sometimes, you know, it just makes you a little more worn out when you're growing. <laughs> yeah. So at home, do you speak a mix of Spanish and English or are there certain times that you speak Spanish and English? Yeah, I would love to tell you that we have this amazing system and it just works perfectly. Um, but we, we kind of have a big mix here. And part of that is um, obviously COVID kind of came along and I think a lot of us kind of had some kind of routine. We had not much and it just kind of threw that out the window because our, our basic kind of family plan was if we live in the U.S., we speak Spanish at home. If we live in Peru, we speak English at home, which was something I was super excited about because I thought, oh, like my kids are going to get all this Spanish input and I can just speak my native English and it's going to be great. Um, and then, of course, classes are out, school is virtual, input is weird, interaction, social stuff is all thrown off. So, um, honestly, we are not very good about having like a set time for this or that. And we kind of have people flowing in and out of the house that speak different languages. Um, so I think my main goal, I know a lot of families have, you know, like mom speaks this, dad speaks this, or during this day or that day. Um, but I think the thing that's always in the back of my head is just, let's just try to keep it 50 and 50. If I notice that one of the kids, like their Spanish is falling behind a little bit, then I just switch to speaking more Spanish with them. Um, and I've just, I'm not really great at following like really structured things. So I tend to just be organic and just try to pay attention to where the balance is going and go with that. I love that. I love that you shared that because oftentimes I think parents, particularly mothers, think, oh, this needs to look a certain way in our house to work, right? But yeah. we each have different parenting styles. There isn't one specific right parenting style to, you know, implement language learning at home. And it can be really organic. You know, we don't speak 100% Spanish at home. Um, we speak a lot of um, just a mix. And a lot of it is based upon the vocabulary in which I know and can mm -hmm. give to them. And um, surprisingly, my husband, who's very fluent in Spanish, um, I actually think I teach the kids more than he does. <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, how do you say that in Spanish, honey? Like, you know it, like, just say it. But I've always had a higher level of intentionality um, learning alongside yeah. them that way. Well, and I, I feel like, too, like, because my husband, he's 
always like, well, I don't want to lose my English. So he wants me to speak English to him. Um, so sometimes I feel like, oh my goodness, like I'm speaking Spanish to the kids. He's speaking English to them. And I'm like, we're, we, need to, we need to be more organized, but I'm that, mom who, I, yeah, I'm that mom who like cannot keep a chore chart going for like more than like two days. So, you know. <laughs> oh, I think that's awesome. That is so awesome. Now you mentioned, you know, kids with specific needs, some pick it up better than mm-hmm. others. What have you found? What have you discovered as you're working with your different kids? Are there some that are more responsive to one thing? Um, How are they unique? I'd love to hear more. Yeah, yeah. Um, So as as I think about questions like that, I'm always a little bit hesitant to give advice because my kids still really are young, um, almost nine, almost seven. So they're getting there. But for example, on my blog, when I wanted to find out more about how different families were handling things. I was looking for families with older kids. Like, please tell us, looking back, what happened and what was it like? You you also participated in that series where I was interviewing a bunch of different families. Um, so just from my experience with my younger kids, I have definitely found that there is a huge gap between my son and my daughter. My two-year-old is still kind of coming up. Who knows what it will be like for him. But just between my two oldest ones, there's a huge difference and it's not, you know, it's not just a difference in how they learn Spanish. It's pretty consistent the way that one has learned to read and then the way the other one learned to read in English and in Spanish. Um, one of them is just a more precise kid. And like, even as a two or three year old, he knew we speak uh, English to grandma in the United States and we speak Spanish at home and he would differentiate. And then my daughter, like after, even after we moved to Peru, she would just start speaking English to people and she just didn't uh, have such a kind of precise way that she looked at the world, I think. Um, so she's got a lot of like confidence and she's kind of my free-flowing, creative kid. Um, but her language skills have looked really different from my son's, who tends to just do everything kind of by the book, I find. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. And so you kind of have to like adapt according to that child, right? Um, I have five kids ages 16 down to four (laughs) years old and um, each does have a different personality Mm -hmm. and different motivators as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some kids just really like the affirmation. My son just loves it when I just gush on him when he, you know, uses Spanish. And then there's another child who it needs to be a competition, right? It needs Mm -hmm. to be some sort of like, we're doing a chart or we're doing a game with it. And I have another, you know, one of my twins just, she just oozes it all the time. I, Mm -hmm. I, I'm so proud of all of them in the unique way that they've picked it up. Um, but you know, I think one thing that you shared with me before, and I'd love to hear more about this is you know, what's the ultimate goal for you? Obviously, you're living in another country. Do you want your kids to become 100% bilingual? You have a native Spanish-speaking parent and a native English-speaking mm-hmm. parent. What What's your expectations and goals for your future? Yeah. Uh, so I always try to differentiate between a goal, which is something that you can control, <laughs> and like a hope. <laughs> because uh, even back when I taught Spanish to like high school students, I I had to kind of realize like I can't control how much they're speaking. I can't control everything. All I can control is kind of what I'm giving to them. 
So my hope for my kids is absolutely like that they feel 100% comfortable in Spanish, that they can do anything that they want to do in Spanish and English. Um, you know, if they want to go to university here or in the U.S., that's, that's what I hope. And so, but I feel like I don't want to put that goal on them because ultimately I can't control what they decide to do with the language and where they go with their life. So I just try to think of it in terms of my goal is that they receive that 50% of Spanish. <laughs> you know, sometimes it means we read books that, you know, are in Spanish or we switch the movie to Spanish or uh, maybe it determines how long we live here in Peru versus U.S. Whatever it means, I just try to meet my own personal goals of as their mom in this time of life when they're not, uh, you know, they're not making these decisions. I'm the one making decisions of what language that they'll hear and what language they're surrounded by. Um, so I just try to give them everything that I can give and hope that it just opens all the doors that they want. Um, because I do think, like, our family is set up for success. You know, I mean, we're living in a Spanish-speaking country. My husband is fluent, our native speaker. Um, but I, just even looking back to my childhood, you know, I... I wasn't raised bilingually and I speak Spanish now. So if, if all I did was give my kids this high school level where they feel confident and they don't have to go through all that I did, then I would still feel so proud of them. You know, I don't think that being exactly having a exact balance has to be the only, the only goal that families can have, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually really love that because I feel like when we don't make as much progress as what mm -hmm. we may want, we can feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, moms already hold a very high standard for themselves. And so feeling a failure on yet another thing is not mm -hmm. worth doing it, right? But really, like you're saying, any amount of Spanish that you're giving your kids, it's truly a gift. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's a gift that you're giving them, even if that's a lot of nursery rhyme songs and some books, or if mm -hmm. that's lots more interaction and native travel or native living um like you're doing it's it's all a gift so mm -hmm. i love that that's just beautiful now has there been any challenges that you've experienced on this language learning journey i i would love to hear just some <laughs> honest things of yeah. you know some moments for either yourself or your kids that um if you wouldn't mind being vulnerable and sharing yeah well i think i shared a few of them like i I had classes that I just struggled with, which really influenced me as a teacher. Like I did not want my students to have that same experience that I did of just feeling dumb. Because the truth is we can all learn languages. We all, we're sitting here speaking English because we all, you know, we were all born programmed to learn at least one language, you know. Um, so, you know, I had a rough start there and um, I struggle a lot with shyness. My husband, is the kind of person that if he makes a mistake, he's like, please tell me, like, why didn't you tell me? I've been saying this word wrong for five years. And I, on the other hand, like if someone corrects me, I'm just like crushed. And like, I know, I know you should correct me. I, please tell me, but also don't tell me, please don't tell me <laughs> if I make mistakes. So I definitely struggle with that. Um, as far as my kids, um, so my, my second daughter, kind of had a period uh the past six months have gotten better but she had a period like probably two years there where she would come home 
from school or being with friends or on her online classes or whatever and just be like, I don't know how to speak Spanish. I just don't know what I'm doing. Everybody's telling me I don't know how to speak Spanish. And unfortunately, like sometimes when she's been around monolingual kids, if she's struggling with just a few words, they'll just think that she just doesn't know Spanish instead of kind of like helping her to find what the word that she's looking for. And, um, and that was really hard because I was like, you know, my husband's a native speaker. You've been living in Peru since you were two. Um, we've tried really, really hard <laughs> to give you everything. And you're here sitting and telling me that you just don't know, you don't know Spanish and, or, you know, we're just going to speak English. And so, you know, I, I just really try during those kind of moments. And also when was, I think it was when I saw you in July, um, you know, like I have a blog about teaching your kids Spanish and my son just was like, mom, I just really want to speak English. I just really don't, I don't want to speak Spanish anymore. And I actually told him that month, I was like, you know what? We're in the U.S. I was like, I'm still going to speak Spanish to you, but you don't have to answer me. Like, let's just take a break and you can enjoy yourself. And then we'll, we'll go back to it later. And he never mentioned it again. But there are these moments as a mom when you're like, you have put all this effort into it. You've like maybe turned your life upside down. To give them and you've sacrificed if you're a non-native speaker like you and I are I mean you've sacrificed a lot of just what could have been really natural like moments of just speaking to them without thinking you know all these moments that you made this effort this extra effort to like give them this gift and then they're just like I don't want it or I don't like it or I don't feel I don't feel good when I speak Spanish and I just want to speak English and so um I think I got off on a tangent here, but I would just say that I really just try to have patience and look at this as like a long-term game. Because I think that there are a lot of kids that it just, it goes up and down. And even for me, there are times when I'll just have like a bad, a bad language day. And just several things will happen in a row that will just make me feel like, um, like I've hit a plateau or I'm not making progress or I'm not as good as I thought or someone criticized my accent or something. And um, so I'm trying to model for my kids just that patience of just stick with it, stick with it, you know, just because. Hustle, hustle. Yeah. And I think to me, that's one benefit of having non-native speaking parents is that mm -hmm. you have those moments, right? You go through those emotions and so you can come from a place of a lot of empathy and yeah. as you were talking about you know, that sad but sweet experience of not being accepted by peers who are monolingual Spanish speakers it makes me think even more about why our family language exchange program is very cool <laughs> because you have students who are monolingual helping each other and so they're realizing that they're realizing that empathy and not often are kids put in that situation where they need to be the help for the other friend. Oh, they yeah. need to, you know, assist that way. So, you know, I, I hope someday that we can help families and kids like yeah. your kids who feel like unsure in yeah. those situations. No, I, love, I love that you said that because I think when you're talking about one of the goals, you know, we have this language goal of learning Spanish, sure. But I, you just touched on what I should have said was the other goal too of just, we just want, to raise empathetic human beings who really love other cultures and are welcoming. And I think if they've had this experience 
of trying and knowing that it's hard, then I can imagine when they meet someone else later, you know, especially in the U.S. that's just full of immigrants. And it is not easy for immigrants to come to the U.S., um, especially if people have never experienced themselves what it's like to be new and to just, just try to make small talk in that language. And I just hope that my kids carry that with them. Um, and I know and that they, that's a really cool thing that you do in your program too, is just connecting people are having that same experience of like trying new things and putting them together. I think that that's really, really cool. Yeah. You know, learning Spanish, having that skill is wonderful in and in itself mm -hmm. a skill. But to me, what's even more powerful is the connection that you can create with other people oh, yeah. who really need that connection. And they connect better with you because they see that you're struggling in the language and you're trying. And mm -hmm. ultimately, I feel like it just creates a more welcoming, empathetic world in which we, we value everyone's cultures. We don't think mm -hmm. that we're better than anyone else. Um, mm -hmm. We see the struggle and want to help instead of casting judgments. So mm -hmm. I, I'm so glad that you see that. It's, it's a huge part of our movement that we are bridge builders. And um, when families you know, maybe that they're not living abroad like you, but I certainly probably would guess that when someone comes up and speaks English to you and is willing to have that conversation, it helps you feel a little bit of home mm -hmm. living there in Peru. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. That's so great. Well, is there anything that you would like to, you know, just leave with our listeners, like key points, if maybe they're struggling with this goal or they don't know quite where to start? What would you suggest for them? Um, good question. Let's see. Um, I would say if you're a native speaker, sorry, a non-native speaker, um, the same boat that you and I are in, I think you definitely want to um, try to surround yourself with things that don't make you the only source of language. Because I think we all know uh, when you, especially if you start with someone who's really little, like a baby, and you're, you're it's kind of like this monologue that you have. <laughs> And they're not talking back with you. And that's really hard. It's harder than a lot of people expect. And that's a reason why a ton of families start out thinking, oh, I speak a lot of Spanish. I'll teach my kids. And they don't do it because it's not the way that you picture it. So I would say arm yourself as much as you can with resources. Um, so, yeah, like stock up on those books in Spanish, stock up on music in Spanish, whatever you can turn, you know, media, movies to Spanish, because um, I, I really enjoy sitting down like with books that are in Spanish with my kids, because sometimes it's more complex language than I'm used to using in a poetic language, and it kind of gives you that break, like you're giving Spanish to them, but you're not, you know, you're not having to think so hard, it's just sharing this resource together. If you've got these things, your, your chance of burnout is lower. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. And and reading is just a very simple, easy win, right? Mm -hmm. And whether you pronounce it right or wrong, it doesn't matter, right? It's It will just improve over time. Mm -hmm. And so just get some books from the library to get mm -hmm. started. That's awesome. Um, and like you said, you don't have to bear all on your own. You can meet other people who can mm -hmm. help be that source or there's resources online and programs um, like the Family Language Exchange yeah. and many others that you share on your blog. So I think that's great. Now, where can people find everything that you have? I know you have great curriculum. You have um, just a ton of inspiration for families. Where can they go to see you? 
Uh, yeah, well, I have, I, my, so my blog is geared towards teachers and parents and then people looking for information about Spanish in general. So if you get overwhelmed going to my site, um, if you go to my resources page, I have everything pretty organized. So I've got recommendations for music, books, podcasts, apps, things like that. And I also have a page that's just freebies. So if you just want some fun things to do with your kids, I've got that as well. Um, and if parents are kind of wanting a place to start, I don't know if there's somewhere to link this or you can search on my site, but I have a 10-day email challenge that just kind of guides you through. It has a bunch of free downloads um, with book lists that you can take to the library, list of podcasts, and kind of some of my favorite resources. And it's kind of like a Kickstarter for people who are like, okay, it's a really big, you know, there's tons of websites out there. There's tons of information, which is great. But I try to kind of be that bridge between all that information out there and then parents who are like, just just give me something to start with. Focus, actionable steps, what you can do today. I love that. And your freebies are awesome. I've been on your list forever and you share a lot of great, valuable things. So definitely check out SpanishMama.com. I know you also have a Teachers Pay Teachers store, so that's Mm -hmm. awesome too. Well, Elizabeth, this has been incredible. Thank you so very much. I know I'm walking away from this conversation so inspired. Um, you make me want to move to Latin America. My husband <laughs> may not be Peruvian, but you know, uh, I will still yeah. keep him and, and drag him along. <laughs> yeah, well, you're welcome to visit too. We would love to have you. Um, but thank you so much for having me. Like, it's, it's just, it's funny how much we have in common. And I'm so glad that we connected. Thank you so much, my friends, for joining us on the Building Bilingual Families podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe. I produce videos every week, including this podcast. You don't want to miss out on an episode. And if you'd like to check out our Family Language Exchange program, enrollment's going to be opening soon, but there are a limited number of spots. Apply at familylanguageexchange.com. We want your family to start speaking Spanish more and building bridges. That's familylanguageexchange.com or check out the links in the show notes.